You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, good afternoon. I guess I should say uh, technically afternoon as we have just crested high noon on Father's Day Sunday. The show is indeed Inside Twins. It is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. All of that is true. Locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. Now, this is how Inside Twins this show is. Jeremy Zoll, Assistant General Manager, was slated to be our guest today, but baseball stuff happens off schedule quite often, especially leading up to a ball game. And Jeremy Zoll unable to make it as those baseball duties certainly take precedence. We'll hear from Jay-Z at some point later in the season uh, as he will discuss, amongst other things, the origins of the contact play, uh, which i like to uh, ask him about, uh, and also how many more Cincinnati Reds he can pillage for our roster, uh, which is also part of his uh, his. Res- Resume. Glenn Perkins is a relief pitcher extraordinaire, and he is uh, uh, climbing in from the bullpen with uh, what scant few warm-up pitches to help us out today. Thanks, Perk. As long as my voice is is ready, I'm I'm good, and I don't need as much time to warm up my voice as my arm. Because <laughs> your voice is always going. Right? I'm curious what the origins of the contact play. Well, are. I so there was a stretch where we ran into like ten outs in a row with the contact play at one point, and I kept texting him like, "Why why are we running the contact play?" <laughs> and he texted back in novella about the contact play. This was several years ago. And now every single time the contact play works, my phone blows up before the guy even touches home. So we've got kind of an ongoing contact play situation. I'll be sure on. to tune in when he comes on. And <laughs> you want to hear? Defends it. You want to hear all about that? Yeah. Uh, first of all, happy Father's Day to you. Uh, you too. Yeah, and I know you've got uh, your beautiful girls at home, uh, and and I want to start today by talking about your dad because I don't think anyone we see major league baseball players, and it's we treat them as if they sprouted fully formed, you know. Uh, as big league ball players, and it just doesn't work that way. Nobody gets to the big leagues by themselves. I know your dad obviously was a massive influence on you. You know what? Yeah, and maybe not so much like on-field and like instruction and those things, but what he did, and it was for my brother. I have a brother that's three years older. Him and our neighbor started the Little League program in our hometown. We didn't have a summer Little League uh, traveling baseball, I guess you would call it. So him and our neighbor started the Lower St. Croix Valley Hurricanes Yep. For uh, my brother, my older brother, and and some of the kids that were his age. And it started with one team. And I think at at the most, it grew into like eight or 12 teams. It was a legit uh, organization of of youth baseball um, for in the summer. And so that was where I played. That's what he started that. He coached me all the way until I got to to high school, I believe. but he was definitely more of, a, of an administrator. I mean, he, he, him and my mom taught me the, my love of baseball. They showed me and guided me through, through my baseball journey. But um, him starting that, giving me an opportunity to play, we had, we, you know, it, it, Stillwater High School is a, a weird thing, I guess you'd call it. It's, it's basically all of Washington County, so it's this massive school district. Mm-hmm. And, and there was the Stillwater traveling team, but that was like 20 minutes away and, and – 
there's enough kids up there playing that there was a demand for uh, another um, another association or another another uh, a group of teams, and so they started that, and that's uh, kind of what gave me the opportunity to play traveling baseball in the summer initially was him and, and the neighbor starting up a an association. Which is the classic parent move, right? Create an opportunity. If there's yeah. not a chance and your kid has an interest, yeah. let's figure out a way to give them a path, and obviously it paid dividends for you big time. Yeah. And he's doing that in addition to working and doing all the things that parents have to do. Yeah, he was a mailman, and uh, so he, you know what, like when you're when you're a kid, you don't really realize what your your parents do to help you out, and um, he he would go in at four in the morning to sort mail so he could be done by noon. He didn't do a nine to five. Uh, he did a, a four to noon, so he was home with us during the summer and, and around, and, uh, you know, you appreciate those things more after the fact. And when you have kids and you're doing the same thing for your kids and they maybe don't have an appreciation for all the driving <laughs> and all the things that, that we do. Says the guy who spends a lot of time at a hockey rink, Glenn Perkins. Right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We only get Perk for a little bit of time here because uh, he has some television duties here today as well. Great opening to our Inside Twins show. What we'll do is we'll take our first break early, and then we'll come back and we'll get a big chunk of baseball talk with Glenn Perkins. Our show is Inside Twins. Glenn Perkins, kind enough to be our guest. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. And we'll come back and we'll talk a lot about pitching. We'll talk about Louis Varland and today's matchup. That's coming up on your home for Twins baseball. Our show is Inside Twins. Uh, we're going with an opener today, and our opener is Glenn Perkins. Glenn Perkins uh, sitting in for Jeremy Zoll. We hope to get Jeremy back on the show a little bit later on this season as he had some uh, urgent baseball duties to attend to. And, Perk, today Will Vest will start for the second time in the series as the Tigers, a couple of injuries, a couple of rainouts in the last week, no days off, are going to go with the bullpen strategy. And in this series... It's worked because both teams that have utilized that strategy, their pitchers, to their credit, have executed beautifully. And it's funny because it was a big thing and it wasn't a thing. And now it just twists managers and staffs into pieces trying to figure out how to fill out a lineup. You know, we talked about it a little bit the other day. I think that part of it is it's hard to prepare for that. You don't know what what order teams are going to go in and and. There's so much behind the scenes prep that happens before a game with all the way down to like the t turning pitching machines to throw pitches that the starting pitcher throws. So you can see what the break looks like. You can see the difference in velocities and those kind of things and prepare yourself basically like you're facing that pitcher. Well, you can't do that now. So all of the, you know, so it'll be Will Vest and so they'll prepare for him and they know what he's got. But then you're going to get whoever comes in next. It's, it's all in the dugout. And, and you're going to continue to do that basically every time you come up, come up to hit. You're not only facing a different guy, but you're trying to get familiar with him. And by the time you maybe have an idea of what you want to do or how you approach him, the next time you come up, you're facing another guy. So I think the, the preparation and, and with how much prep there is now, it's definitely a way for teams to throw a wrench into other teams' plans and then maybe get pinch hitters, get matchups that later in the game are going to come into your favor if, if, if it's – you're losing all if you're pinch hitting all your lefties or righties or whatever you get you get later in the game and you're not going to have those options off the bench yeah you're forcing the issue like when are you going to make your move i know you've got these three guys i'm going to ask are you going to use them in the fifth are you going to use them in the sixth yep. and it's not as if the tigers unlike you know say the last team that was that was in here they have multiple lefties multiple righties so they can come at you handedness wise in a variety of ways 
Now, as a closer, let's say you close three games in a four-game series. So those guys, you were probably getting the same hitters for a third time in a series. Did you feel that you had to pitch differently the third time you saw a guy? Or as a hitter, do you think they would have an advantage, this being maybe the third time they see Will Vest in three days? I, I think that there's a little bit of an advantage to the hitter, seeing a guy like that, yeah. And when I, it, from my role, from my perspective, it, it was if, if the hitter hadn't made an adjustment, I wasn't going to make an adjustment. If I faced a guy one day and got him out, I was probably going to go ahead and try to do the same thing the next day. If he made an adjustment, probably changed something during that at bat, or definitely the next time I faced him, I would know, well, he was what he was ready for that. And so if I go to that pitch, I need to make sure it's a little better. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely a cat and mouse. and But, but no question um, – they have a, a better idea of what Will Vest looks like today, being that this is this will be the third time they've seen him now in a four-game series. Yeah, and to me, there's such an advantage in seeing the guy from the box or in person from the dugout than just seeing the tape. I mean, you can study, and these guys do so much work prepping for a game, but to me still that art of the in-game adjustment, the reading the swing, oh, I know he throws these pitches, but today his arm speed's a little slower, and he's going to this pitch instead of that pitch, or he doesn't seem like he has the feel of a pitch that the scouting report says he throws a lot. So much value in that. Yeah, and, I, and I'd be curious what their approach today to just a guy like Vest would be if if it's this is three out of four days. He's got to be hanging a little bit more than he was on Thursday when he pitched in the game or Friday. I don't remember which day it was, but I know he came in relief in one of those two games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there's there's a, a – you have to factor that, but I think at the same time these guys stick to their plan so much that you would just assume – this is how Vest likes to get ahead. This is like how he likes to start hitters. And then this is what he's going to use to put guys away. And so you you basically stay with that and have to adjust through at-bats. But, I mean, I think that's what, what separates good big league hitters from from maybe fringe guys or, or just your average is major league hitter is, is can you adjust during an at-bat? Can you decide, yeah. hey, his, his breaking ball is a little loopier today. His fastball doesn't quite have the same life. I have to make that adjustment in the box and the, the good hitters are able to, to adjust pitch to pitch. Let's talk about Louis Varland. He's going to start today. I love Louis Varland. I think all of us do in Twins mm-hmm. territory. Uh, he's had a great run. He's in attack mode, gave up a couple of homers the last time out, uh, and he did so on his slider, which was not been his, his best pitch this year. One thing that hasn't been brought up a ton is Kenta Maeda is going to be coming back at some point. Louis the guy with the options at the bottom end of the rotation. You've been in that spot, and it's just the realistic – nature of a clubhouse that guys get sent out and guys come in and it's never I don't think a super shock to guys that they could be in that environment but how do you go about focusing and performing and not thinking about what could happen because let's face it nine out of ten times baseball decides that for you right the decision ends up uh, getting made for some reason or another yeah there's always roster crunches and you think how are they going to fit this thing in who's going to be the guy the odd man out and, and somehow some way it always works itself out I would have loved to seen Louie when he got this opportunity, this run of, of games where he knew basically no matter how he pitched that he was going to get a start again in five or six days, his next turn in the rotation, to take that and run with it. It hasn't quite happened, which I don't I don't think is, is a shock. It's a young pitcher trying to mm-hmm. learn how to pitch at the big league level, which is not easy to do. I would have loved to seen him do what Bailey Ober has done and basically just – Prove to the Twins, like, I should have been here out of camp, and, and this is where I belong. That's what Bailey did. Would have loved to seen Louie do that, but he's 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 right now in a spot for me where the you're seeing the difference in control and command. He'll go out there and throw strike after strike after strike after strike. What's the quality of those strikes? They haven't been 
as good as they can be, and that's command. Command is is putting the ball in the strike zone where you want. Control is just filling up the strike zone. Louie will go out there and face 25 hitters and throw 20 balls. He's in the zone. There's mm-hmm. no question that he can put the ball in the zone. It's just where are you putting it in the zone, and his issue has been that slider. That's where he's gotten beat. He's got a good fastball, really good command with the fastball, the cutter as well. And when he's gotten hurt, it's been those hanging sliders. That's what did him in against Toronto with Matt Chapman. Threw the ball great all game in an, you know, in a game where they had an opportunity to sweep that series and makes one bad pitch to Matt Chapman. Chapman catches it out front and, and barely gets over the fence. But it's that one pitch where you go back and look and say, I got to find a way to know where my miss is with that to make sure that I get that down and away to that right-handed batter. And quickly, and then I know you need to go, the beauty is – that's something that he's going to get and can get better at, right? You that that is an, a facet of the game where, at his stage of development, there is still so much room for growth. It, it's 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 the hitter that you say, hey, he's a doubles guy that's going to turn into home runs. You're going to develop that power for a pitcher. It's can you get the ball in the zone? The zone is smaller in the big leagues than it is in the minor leagues. Can you get the ball in the strike zone? Do you have confidence to attack the strike zone? No question, Louis has that. The next step in his development is just refining his command and being able to to get balls in spots where he wants to get them and knowing it, where he can miss, that you have to you have to miss with that slider off the plate. You can't let yourself miss with that pitch on the plate. We've seen Joe take that step. We've seen Bailey take mm-hmm. that step. And Louie will take that yep, step. No it's question. It's going to be fun to watch. Perk, thanks for sitting in with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, he's off to put his makeup on. He's got some TV duties today. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Dan Gladden joins us to wrap things up. It's Inside Twin on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created, legends are made. Appreciate Glenn Perkins being in here uh, to uh, pinch hit for us or uh, relieve, as it were, uh, today on Inside Twins. And Dan Glenn is going to run our anchor leg, Whoa. as always. As we not work- good at anchors. <laughs> not good uh-uh. at anchors? No. All right. You, you can run the sprint? You, yeah, you can run the sprint. I don't want to be there. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about this division, Danny. Um, since May 1st, I just stumbled on this little nugget here, and I know you're – are you scooper nuggets? I am neither. One of the two. Neither. I don't want to be either. Since May 1st, the Twins, Tigers, and Guardians, identical records. records? How about that? Wow. That, uh, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. They're that's all 19 not... and 23, so that's wow. not good. You know, we, we knew about the Guardians, and, and, you know, we weren't sure about the Detroit Tigers. We thought they made a turn from last year, but injuries, again, have kind of set them back. And it's, I think the schedule, you know, kind of, you know, especially their last, you know, couple of weeks of uh, their scheduling, all playing first-place clubs, have been talking about that. But I think they're playing with a little more intensity. When you play against high-quality teams, you know, I think your game is elevated a little bit. You know, wouldn't you say that, uh, if you go out and you golf with somebody and they're a lousy golfer, they bring your kind of game, or they can. They can. In some yeah. cases, bring and, if, your, your and, and I'm usually the lousy golfer, and I would argue I probably play a little better with a good with a good player. I don't want to be embarrassed. Right. You know, I want to try to keep yeah. up. I, I think they play hard, and I think they play sharper baseball than they did a year ago. I'm a little surprised that the Guardians, as much as their offense has struggled, I'm a little surprised they haven't made more of a consistent run. I, I thought they'd have a little first half push now, and I'm never going to count out a Terry Francona team from doing that. I think he's as good as it gets, but I'm a little surprised they haven't put together a little bit of a run. Well, I I think that, you know, still, we haven't even got to the halfway mark. So I think that uh, each team is going to have that that little bit of a push. I thought this was going to be the push for the Twins Mm -hmm. right now. Milwaukee, you take two, and then you got Detroit coming in and how poorly they had been playing. I I guess playing well, but the record indicates 1-11 and when they Mm -hmm. came in here. 
change that a little bit. We, I thought this was going to be the homestand here where you'd come in. And I'm not saying you take, you know, sweep four games from Detroit, but at least take three or four uh, from them. And then you got the Boston Red Sox coming in. And they're kind of a team in transition right now as well, uh, above 500. But still, I think you could uh, come in with a four-game series and maybe take two of, two of four from them or even win three of four and then get some separation with the other yeah. teams in your division. Yeah, and, and then it becomes kind of compounded, Danny. And I'll use your golf analogy. If you you have a couple of bad holes, you try to get it all back right yep. in one swing. Yep. And the Twins have had opportunities for separation that they did not take advantage of. They had some in April, had mm-hmm. some in May, and certainly they've had some in June. But you can't try to get them all back, right? In, in, you have to just maintain that steady baseball pace that, that quality teams and baseball players are, are so adept at doing. But that's easier said than done. Yeah, and I think, don't forget, there's three phases of the game here. There's, there's the offense, there's the pitching, and there's the defense. And I would say that the defense has been pretty good uh, for for yeah. most okay. of the season. Yeah, it hasn't been uh, – uh, dreadful by any stretch. It's not costing you games more often. Exactly. Than you know, yeah. and you're not making mistakes defensively that 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 show up that that hurts you mm-hmm. in, in losing a ball game. I think that so the defensive side was solid there. Then you come into the pitching, and I, no question, the starting pitching has kept us in where we are right now. Absolutely. The first two months of the season, and to complement the starters, the bullpen was trying to settle in. And, again, we had some guys that, you know, had a little hiccup here but settled back in. So the bullpen's always kind of, you know, you've got multiple pieces there. It's the nature of bullpens that they're going to be up and down. But when you have an anchor like Duran at the back of it and the way Jax is throwing, the way Stewart has evolved, you feel pretty good about that that A bullpen. And and Stewart stumbled. You know, we stumbled onto Stewart where he came in and he he right away elevated his game. Griffin Jax ran into a little bit of trouble. I think that, uh, you know – Missing Thielbar, the left-hander yep. there, the other one out there. So, uh, De Leon, I think, has done a nice really job. Nice His job. stuff plays. But now let's get to the offense part yep. of it. And and that's been kind of the, the inconsistent story uh, for the Twins. In that, and, and to, again, that's the hardest part of this game is the hitting part of it. I think that, uh, you know, with, with the inconsistency uh, with the offense – You've got nine guys in the lineup. There's going to be three to four guys that are struggling a little bit. And then you need the other three, four guys to be able to step up and, and, and be consistent or at least carry a team. Uh, but at the same time, we're hitting the home runs. We're stealing bases, but we're not we're not playing one style of baseball. I think that the, you know, you're waiting to try to play one style of baseball. But I think that you know right now, I think that uh, where you're at, what, one game over 500, I think that uh, that's kind of a disappointment. Yeah, I would agree, and it should be, right, because this is a team yep. that feels from the bottom to the top that they should be Absolutely. Uh, a contending Absolutely. team. And I think talent-wise, feels like they should you, be You know, Chris, and there's some great stories. And Michael A. Taylor, I didn't know much about him. I thought he has played outstanding defense out there. Mm-hmm. And knowing in, the spring, in spring training, we were going to have Byron Buxton in yep. the outfield, and, and we're still not going to have him yep. out there. And, you know, at some point it's going to have to be announced. That, that, you know, Byron, unless Byron goes to them and says, I want to start working out and, and get out there, Michael A. Taylor's a nice fit out there in center field. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing offensively and also running the bases, nice little number nine hitter, getting on base a little bit, allowing some of the other guys. To me, the, the assets they brought in, the Solanos, the Farmers, yep. Willie Castro, Michael A. Taylor, have Joey Gallo, all done exactly what they were brought here to do. It's the horses, right? Yep. And Correa, we've seen Sparks. But you're looking for more. You're looking for more health and consistency from Byron. Uh, I, I love 
every at bat that Alex Kirloff you can get. Uh, you like to see Royce's continued at bats, but that offense is going to have to have to be counted on. Yeah, you know what? The the one guy I would hope that would at some point step up. Max Kepler. Mm-hmm. Kep needs Good to be point. able to kind of get his game going here and, and get some consistency because he can change the game here a little bit, and I think that he could be – it's almost like he's turned into being a part-time player now yeah. with the matchups. Yeah, well, I, I agree. That's a really good point. Dan, uh, glad in joining us here in studio. Really appreciate it. We'll be upstairs here in a minute. You got we'll get it. going with our pregame lineup card. That's Dan Gladden and uh, Danny and Corey are standing by upstairs. I'll be joining them momentarily for the pregame lineup card. Uh, we've got a great one in store for you. We'll hear from Jace Tingler. We'll hear from Byron Buxton about James Rousen, who's now uh, assistant hitting coach with the Tigers. Also, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Mike Radcliffe as we do every single Sunday. Again, scrambling a bit here on Inside Twins today, but so grateful to Glenn Perkins and Danny Gladden. We will catch up with Jeremy Zoll at some point and time here on inside twins as the season progresses but again and this is a a part of doing a show like that and getting the time from people who uh, are often uh, not able to control their schedule in terms of when things have to be taken care of uh, especially close to game time we certainly understand that that takes precedent and we do look forward to hearing from jeremy because he's a fascinating guy and a really interesting guy to talk to we will have him join the program at some point later on this season. Again, our thanks to Glenn Perkins and also Danny Gladden here on Inside Twins. Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. So we are through Inside Twins. Uh, some interesting insights. We look ahead now to baseball today. Louis Varland for Minnesota. Will Vest will start for the second time in the series for the Tigers as the Twins try to earn a split of this four-game set. That'll do it for this portion of our program. We'll take a break. When we come back, Join me upstairs with Corey and Danny to kick things off on a Father's Day edition of the pregame lineup card and your home for Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.